My Life as a Celebrity Lookalike is the real life telling of Stephen Sims' journey of looking like Jonah Hill from 2007 to 2010. This podcast has been created to share the unique story of looking like a celebrity lookalike. In no way has this podcast been created to disparage, humiliate, or destroy Jonah Hill. What you are about to hear over the course of the next eight episodes is a story that I've told many times, usually over a few cocktails. But if you have spent any time with me in the last 10 years, either socially or through work, then you've most likely have heard this story. And it's not because I'm proud of this story or feel like it makes me more of a Hollywood type, but mainly because it's just a crazy story that at one point seemed like it was never going to end. To start things off, it's probably best to give some context on who I am. My name is Steven Sims, and I am a 37-year-old producer and actor. When I was 23, I moved to Los Angeles from Pittsburgh with plans to make it in the entertainment industry. And you can say, although a bit rocky at times, it worked out fairly well. However, the steps to getting there wasn't exactly your normal Hollywood process. I didn't technically move to Los Angeles just to be an actor. I acted a lot as a kid and all through high school, but when I moved, I just wanted to work in the entertainment industry in whatever capacity would have me. Sure, acting seemed like the most fun and the most lucrative role to take, but when I arrived in Los Angeles in 2007, I was eager and ready for anything. However, I wasn't exactly ready for this. Now, before I get ahead of myself, it's best that I explain why I have set out to do this podcast, and more importantly, why I finally decided to share this story with the world. But in order to do that, and to do it right while telling the story in chronological order without leaving any details out, I need to introduce our co-host, Josh Larkin. Hi, my name is Josh Larkin. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. In 2002, I attended Robert Morris University for a semester. During that time, I became good friends with fellow freshman Stephen Sims. After about four months, I dropped out moved back home, I lost touch with everybody, including Sims. We are able to talk a little bit through social media years later, but ultimately we didn't reconnect until early in 2020. I'd been aware of some of the things that Sims had been up to once he moved out to Los Angeles, but as a single parent for over 13 years, it's hard to keep in touch, let alone follow what's going on on the West Coast with some of those crazy adventures. After reconnecting this past year, I thought it'd be a good time to finally sit down hear the stories, and find out exactly what happened with him looking like Jonah Hill. That's when we decided to record the story, make it the final telling, which will live on this eight-episode series. And here we are. Here we are, indeed. What a telling. <laughs> what a telling, man. That was that was said very well. How are you? Uh, I've been well uh, over, I guess, the last decade and a half as a general concept, but today I'm doing especially well. Uh, I hope you're doing well. I'm doing well, too. You know, no complaints. You know, just to give a little background, and you did mention this right now, you know, we we knew each other. Fall 2002 is when you and I started college, so 18 years. Exactly, yeah. It's been 18 years since we met each other. 
And as Josh mentioned, uh, we were very close friends first semester freshman year. And then Josh miraculously disappeared at one point. And, you know, this was before social media. This is before Facebook and MySpace and everything that was happening uh, in the later half of the early 2000s. But Josh just disappeared. And it really wasn't until after college that we kind of reconnected again just through social media, but also not like on a large level, I don't think. Yeah, I was one of the people I didn't have MySpace until like the week before nobody had MySpace. <laughs> I like <laughs> came into the game and I was like, I'm really ready to put some sparkles on a background. And everybody at that point in time was like, Facebook was the rage. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Uh, and so you and I, yeah, we had lost touch for years. And then I think it was eventually through Facebook, I had become aware of some of the smaller projects that you were doing and entering into contests and things like that. It's interesting because a lot of people, you know, I moved to Los Angeles in 2007. It took me a little while to get settled. I, I first, you know, classic, classic wide eyed kid with thousand bucks in his pocket, hops on a plane, flies out, spends that a thousand bucks on, a rental car for a month and then has to fly back home and figure out the new plan. And at that point I bought a car and drove back out. I arrived around March of 2007 and a lot, a lot really was happening then. So the best way for me to reconnect with anyone was through Facebook and MySpace. And, you know, even though we connected at that time through these, these newer social platforms, it really wasn't until spring 2020 when the pandemic hit that we actually connected as like social humans. Yeah. When we sat down with the ability to like have that conversation, because up until that point in time, we had had like, you know, long lost Facebook friend conversations that were, you know, surface conversations, I would call them, uh, you know, where they were, how are you? How's the kid? How's the wife? We knew of the goings on, you know, on each other's, you know, lives, but we didn't know. We saw the cake, but we didn't know the flavor. You know, we didn't get into it. We, we saw the cake, but we didn't know the flavor. I like that. It makes me want some cake, to be honest with you. I am um, a little hungry. A little I'm hungry for some cake. Yeah, me from. too. Maybe, maybe we should have had lunch first. Uh, so, uh, you know, that takes us to 13 years ago, 2007. And we were talking about this off the podcast uh, when we were prepping our notes. And it was like, you know, I moved to LA in 2007, which is a huge thing to do in your life. I mean, I moved across country. I was 23 years old. But at that time, what were you up to in 2007? 2007 was like a monumental year across the board because you had moved to LA and I had my daughter, Aria, right around the time of your move and everything. She was born in August of 2007. And so that was right around the transition point, which I think led to one of the reasons that you and I lost touch is all of a sudden I was changing diapers and, you know, you were trying to be famous. <laughs> I was looking like someone who was trying to be famous at that <laughs> point, to be honest with you. And with that said, I guess we should get to what the point of this podcast is and why we started it. Josh knew things that that I was up to, but didn't really know the full story. And he recently asked to hear the Jonah Hill story, which I have told hundreds of times. And it is a story that does involve a few drinks and sitting down over the course of an hour or so and listening to it. 
And that's when we thought, well, hell, let's make it into a podcast and I'll tell him on the pod and we'll turn it into eight episodes. And here we are talking about how I looked like Jonah Hill 13 years ago and the adventures I went on while looking like him. Yeah, because there are, it's not just, you know, somebody mistook you as you and I have just sat down and decided that this should be eight episodes rather than, you know, 112 of everything about Jonah Hill's life. Uh, but when we got into that, you started to tell me some littler things that I wasn't aware of. You know, there was paparazzi that was mistaking you for these things. Uh, Jonah Hill took, you know, personal offense to a greeting at one point in time that I just got a tease on, I think. Um, and all these much more monumental moments than I really anticipated the story having. A hundred percent true. And that's what we're going to be getting into in this podcast, which we are calling My Life as a Celebrity Lookalike with Stephen Sims and Josh Larkin. We are going to be talking everything from how I discovered Jonah Hill when I arrived in L.A., seeing him on the billboards, to making a movie about looking like him, to working with him, to being fired, not exactly by him, but strategically by central casting. He was, yeah, he was, he was, you know, behind, he was puppet mastering that firing, you know? Yeah. I mean, listen, and we'll get into all that stuff and how I feel, you know, you know, he was in the right and everything. And of course, how I made a parody movie and everything else. And we'll get into that over the next eight episodes. But right now, maybe you're wondering who is Jonah Hill? We decided that Josh is going to pull up and read his Wikipedia page because what better way to get information in 2020 than through Wikipedia, right, Josh? That's, I mean, that's how we all get it is, I mean, you can't use it on a college paper, but I dropped out of college, so I don't have to worry about those rules. And this to me is the Bible. Jonah Hill is an American actor, director, producer, screenwriter, and comedian. Hill is known for his comedic roles in films including Superbad, Knocked Up, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Get Him to the Greek and This is the End, as well as his dramatic performances in Moneyball and The Wolf of Wall Street. Jonah Hill is born on December 20th, 1983 in Los Angeles, California, to Sharon Lynn, a costume designer and a fashion stylist, and Richard Felstein, a tour accountant for Guns N' Roses. He grew up in a wealthy Los Angeles neighborhood of Cheviot Hills, where he continues to live, and he attended the Center for Early Education Brentwood School and then Crossroads School in Santa Monica. After graduating from high school in 2002, Hill attended the New School and the University of Colorado Boulder, but did not earn a degree. Hill is Jewish and had a bar mitzvah ceremony. Well, you guys have something in common. Neither one of you earned a college degree. And we're both circumcised. So, like, that's technically two things. <laughs> that's two things. It's two things. All right. I'm like, I mean, two out of three ain't bad. That's not bad. So you have the fact that you guys both dropped out of college. You're both circumcised. I have in common with him that we're also both circumcised. We're six months apart in age. We arrived on the scene at the exact same time. And in 2007, we looked fucking identical. You really did. Had you converted, I think that would have been the catalyst. Josh, do you... Did you know who Jonah Hill was 13 years ago before Superbad? I only became aware of Jonah Hill through Superbad. I may have become aware of him like, I don't know if he did anything prior to that. There were like bit parts that I became like retroactively aware of. 
But super bad was the real moment that I knew of Jonah Hill because I had seen the trailers and I was anxious to see the film. And we'll definitely talk about that in episode two and three whenever I went and saw Superbad and the response that happened in the Marina Del Rey movie theater parking lot. But I, I guess same with me. Like I, I didn't know Jonah Hill before arriving in L.A. Once I did realize who he was and started seeing him all around town on these Superbad billboards, I – did my research and you know he wasn't a few things before super bad he was he had a small role in the 40 year old virgin and he was also uh in the movie accepted and he has that infamous line ask me about my wiener and he's dressed as a big hot dog i did see accepted afterwards uh and uh for i saw 40 year old virgin like on dvd but accepted was one of those like you know comedy central you know like two o'clock in the afternoon kind of things baby just down for a nap you know sit down and watch it but they do show that line on the unedited tv version still there you go look at that so that was what he did beforehand and again i didn't know much about him you know other than just looking completely like this guy and uh, I guess this is probably a good time to really get into why, again, we, we've mentioned it earlier, why we're doing the podcast, but what really to expect from this podcast. Yeah, and I think that with not knowing what to expect, you went into this totally blind. Like nobody who has aspirations of working in a business, even if you like, you know, I work for a bank. If I go into the bank and somebody looks exactly like me, that's an awkward situation. So when you're in a, a, a business that's really, you know, based on looks and personality and you're a funny guy and you look just like him and you're also circumcised, it becomes a really awkward situation across the board. Yeah. And right now, before we get into it, Josh, before we dive in to this entire series of my life as a celebrity lookalike, are there any questions you have? I mean, what are you trying to find out about this? What are you trying to learn? <laughs> Yeah, well, you you've talked to me, you know, like about how you became aware. But was that really the the first moment that you saw Jonah Hill was like the billboard moment? Because I know that bit is in the the film that you did where you you parodied it. But was that really like you just saw him on a billboard for real? A hundred percent. I I I mean, again, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but you know, this is why we're doing the podcast. I was at a move. It was uh, Ocean's Thirteen. I was at a movie at Century City Mall in Los Angeles, and I walked outside in, at the mall on the side of the buildings were these huge movie posters. Um, they still do it. And it was, again, it, I saw who I knew as George Michael from Arrested Development, Michael Sarah, and some dude that looked like me. And I, I remember going home that night and, and telling my roommate, Mike Roach, about it and, and yada, 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 and where we went from there and how we decided to do this this project that we did in August of 2007. But for the most part, it was I, – I remember seeing him like like drips and drabs of him like you know he was in Knocked Up and like kind of knew what Superbad was. But until I saw that first billboard, I was like, holy hell, I look like this guy. So Josh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to be diving into a bunch of different things throughout the next eight episodes. We're going to be talking with different people that were a part of my life during 2007, 2008, 2009, and 2010 uh, who uh, either lived with me or worked with me during the Jonah Hill days. 
and we're going to answer all your questions. But right now, we're going to take a quick break, and we come back. We'll be talking to our good friend, actress Allison Trumbull. We'll be right back. All right, and we're back to my life as a celebrity lookalike. I'm Steven Sims, and I'm here with our co-host, Josh Larkin. And I have a question for Josh. Josh, do you know any Hollywood actresses? You know what? I don't even know any Pittsburgh actresses, let alone Hollywood actresses. So no, hard no. But weren't you in The Dark Knight Rises? Didn't you have like a, a, a special role or something? Oh, I wasn't like a special role. I filmed like a, an off scene with Wally Fister, but we were still like just extras. So like I knew Pittsburgh extras, but I don't think that really counts. That's like knowing like a theater director at your church. That's a it's a good analogy. Well, lucky for us, we have a a real life Hollywood actress who is coming on the show. Her name is Allison Trumbull, and some of her credits include Jane the Virgin, Scandal, NCIS. Uh, she's pretty fabulous. I've known her for thirteen years. So let's just get to it, ladies and gentlemen. Allison Trumbull. Hey, Allison. Hello, it's me. You're here. Welcome to the podcast. I've never had such an intro. Well, you know, I try to, I try my best. I mean, this was, to be honest with you, you're the, our first guest and, uh, that I was guess our I, best intro. That was our best intro. Yeah, yeah, there we go. It's the best. best, it's the best experience for all of us. How are you doing today? How is, uh, I mean, how's life in 2020 treating you? Actually so well. And I knock on wood so hard, but I'm not excited about coronavirus. But just the particular circumstances of it have only worked in my favor this entire time in every possible aspect of my life. Now, if I'm dead two weeks from now, that's why I knock on the wood. I hope it ends. I'm willing to take all the bad luck that will come to me when it's over and everyone else is happy. But for me, everything could not be better. That's fantastic. You know, it's yeah. it's it's funny because I was telling... Josh, you know, I was like, I'm having a really good year despite everything that's going like piss poorly around the world and the country. So I, I do, con I relate to that. And congratulations. I'm glad things are coming up, Allison. They are. They really are. They really are. And again, I'm not excited for the world, but I'm acknowledging that I've been, what's, what's a good hand of cards that one could have? I got all of those cards, whatever they were, whatever they are, whatever they were. I am not a card player. Josh, do you Me play either. cards? I guess you could have a full house, but like it's not appropriate during a pandemic to have that hand. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Maybe it's, it's straight. Oh, and also I should say I've been very safe. So I haven't been, I haven't been like I've been, I've, you know what it is? I've discovered that I love being a hermit. I didn't know that I was a hermit. And so that that's why it's been so good is all this time I've been living as not a hermit and coronavirus revealed to me that I'm actually a hermit and I just love it. It's great. Well, Josh, here here she is. Not a Pittsburgh actress, although she did spend some time in Pittsburgh. I we'll did for, for college. Yes. Yeah. Allison went to Point Park. Oh, mm -hmm. see, we have we're just across the river from Bobby Moe. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> just down the river from good old Robert Morris. So, 
Allison, tell us a little bit about, I mean, what's some of the stuff you've been working on recently? I mean, we'll get to how we know each other and how we met and I have some questions for you. But I mean, you have some pretty solid credits. And when we were talking about bringing on a guest and, and the idea for this for this episode is really to talk about the transition from moving from the East Coast or the Midwest to LA in your early 20s. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But I really was like, who do I know? Allison, that's who I know. And it was just it just popped in my head right away. So what have you been up to? What have you been working on and how are things? Everything is good. So all auditions are at home now. They're all on camera, which is just or on camera. Of course, they're always on camera, but on my cell phone camera. So that's great. Uh, I have a writing job, professional writing job. So I'm writing a series. I was matched with a writing partner in New York. So we're like creating this like 120 page web series together, which is super exciting. It's the first project I've done where I've had to research in advance. And it's totally given me a new understanding of creativity. Like I feel like all this time as, cause we've tr- made so many projects over the years and um, had some hits and misses you and I. <laughs> <laughs> we have. Um, but I, I feel like, Oh my gosh, all my old projects. It's like, I was trying to create a sculpture, but I had no clay. Like I was trying to uh, invent it all from my own brain. And now that I'm doing a project where research is required, I'm realizing that all the information is out there. You just have to keep feeding it to yourself. And then the ideas can come if you're in that headspace. So that was a real creative breakthrough in the last couple of months. That's fantastic. See, you yeah. really are turning 2020 around. And I love that. But like Allison said, we've had some hits. We've had some misses. Uh, <laughs> and if we've worked either together or we've worked, you know, whether if it's like a consulting role or, or something where we're working in, in tandem with the same people, uh, it was it was a really wild first like ten years in LA, just doing these projects, and I guess that's kind of the, a good point to to get into when I met Allison. I, I met Allison in two thousand seven, and the first question I want to ask you is, well, two questions: Do you remember meeting me for the first time? And before that, do you remember hearing about the Jonah Hill guy at all? I think I was going to say, I think that is the first thing I heard because I have a memory of our friend Dylan, who is, we know each other through him. I have a memory of him telling me about the project and that he had a friend who looked like Jonah Hill. And I didn't know who that was at the time, at least by name. I can't remember. I mean, I remember going to the Eagle Rock house. Uh, yeah. where you guys lived and you and Dylan were roommates. And I guess I remember meeting you there, but this all would have probably been just like a month or two before the destroying Jonah Hill, super bad summer of 2007. And uh, Josh and I were just talking about that at the beginning of the podcast where I was asking Josh if he knew who Jonah Hill was in general. And he does. Uh, but it was more of like, do you remember who he was before 2007? And none of us, I mean, I know who what he's done, you know, now, but at the time he wasn't recognizable. He wasn't a known actor. And just when he came, yeah, right around that, that was the pivotal year where everything hinges on 13 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Everything changed. Everything changed. And it's, it not just because, or, you know, not just with, with me looking like him, because I told Josh, 
I would have friends. Like I moved to LA around, it, I came out in January. I got settled. It you know, took a little while, got settled in March. And then I had friends writing to me in like May when the Superbad trailer was coming out or the teaser for the movie. They were like, wow, I can't believe you made it as an actor already in LA. And I was like, what are they talking about? And again, it wasn't me. But it's also pivotal for this podcast because Josh and I, honestly, we we met in college. Josh dropped out of college. We lost connection, kind of reconnected a little bit through social media. But Josh had... Uh, had his kid 13 years ago oh, and wow. like two weeks before we did destroy Jonah Hill. So it's like the last 13 years, we like the reason we decided to do the podcast is just because he hasn't heard these stories. And I, yeah. I honestly, I don't think he believes any of them. And, and you took a very different path. I did. And, but I believe that you look like Jonah Hill. Cause that's always the lead in like, even back then, you know, like, when you would, you know, as soon as you started to make things, that was the lead in when I would introduce it is, oh, I know this guy from college who looks like Jonah Hill and he's now doing this thing. And even now when I discuss this podcast, it's still the lead in. So it's a nice circular commentary on, you know, you bear no resemblance anymore, but 2007, it was spot on. I also feel that your looks... I feel like you two may look identical again one day. I feel like you two, you grow together and you grow apart and you grow together again and you grow apart and you don't always match. But I feel like there's been a few times where you've matched in new ways. There has been. And like we've both have fluctuated in weight, which is interesting. Like he'll be bigger and I'll be a little smaller or vice versa. Usually it's the vice versa. But uh, (laughs) I'll see him on something. And, you know, you don't see a whole lot of him out right now, but I will see him on something and I'll immediately be like, what, what am I? Oh, that's not, that's him. And, you know, again, <laughs> 13 years later, but, you know, I just was on a television show where it, it was a reality-based show and I was going around to different towns, meeting with different people. And the one kid thought I, he just was so dead set that I was Jonah Hill. And this was last year. So there's still wow. that resemblance that people get that I think maybe myself, you, Josh, my wife doesn't see on a regular basis. But you're right. There's those times where we've we've clicked kind of nicely. Yeah. When did you move to LA? 2006, August of 2006. So okay. I got out of college a year early for the purpose of just wanting to get to LA as soon as possible. Being someone who's moved from, I mean, you, you're originally from Baltimore. You went to college in Pittsburgh. You moved to LA. I, I don't think I missed anything in between. Mm-mm. But you, you, you also have, you know, you. I've done acting classes with you, acting courses with you. You've seen actors and actresses come and probably go. But based off your experience and what you've seen, like, what is it like? How can you tell the listeners, like, what is that moment of transitioning from college? to across the country to LA when you're like 21, 22, 23 years old? Well, I think the toughest thing is I truly feel my first five years in LA were spent just figuring out where I was supposed to be. Like, I feel like I truly had no idea what I was doing and what the right things to do were. And it was really confusing because 
everything that you could possibly think to do that might be good for your career that you're trying to build, there would be someone who would say, oh, definitely don't do that about everything. People would say, oh, you don't need an agent. You don't need acting classes. You don't need to change your hair. Like and anything, anything that you could think of. And of course you must do something because put all those things together. You're just sitting at home. But so it was just very, very confusing. And something that I noticed as well, the first couple years is I met a ton of people who had been in LA two years or less. Almost everyone was two years or less. And it was very rare that I would meet someone who had been five years or more. And, and now it feels like I only meet people who have been here five years or more. And I'm not necessarily hanging out in older crowds or anything because acting classes are always a mix. I think it's more just that I finally found the right places, like the actual effective places to be. So whenever I meet through acting class now, an actor who has just gotten here and, and been where we were, and they're super talented and marketable, and they don't even realize it, I just grab them. And I'm like, you have to let me save five years of your life. Like you have to let me tell you everything that I know, because I, I can spare you five years of your life. Think of what you can do being here and looking 18. There's so much to be done. That's exactly right. And I was telling Josh, you know, I didn't move to LA to be an actor. I I, I acted, I loved doing it. And I, I moved to LA for to, to produce but I also wanted to play music. I wanted to perform. I wanted to do comedy. I wanted to do all that. And I think I did everything that you said everyone was saying not to do. I changed my hair color. I had a manager. I didn't have a manager. I had this, you know, like, and I also was always trying to play the game of like, I look young without a beard. I mean, I was able to play a version of Jonah Hill twice, which was an 18 year old version of him. Uh, so it, it is like you lose like five to seven years just trying to figure it all out. For sure. And just to be clear, like that advice I received was not necessarily good advice, but it was just very ubiquitous advice and very like limiting advice. I took a very unconventional road to the acting side of things. Like, you know, Allison and I were both in a TV show, not the same episode, but, uh, a show called Mansers back in 2007 or 2008. Um, Allison played the girl at the bar, uh, according to IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> and also according to IMDb, I played a character called the farting dude. Oh my gosh. And I had to fart into a canister and the whole <laughs> bit was to figure out if you could freeze your farts. And I don't even know if you could, I doubt you can, but I was the <laughs> guy that farted into the canister and, you know, little stuff like that was falling onto my plate, mainly because I was looking like this up and coming actor. And it was just <laughs> like, the more you did, the more, you know, like Alice said, the more people you meet, the more right people you meet. And it slowly and slowly just kind of became my new way of life. Were there a lot of breakdowns at the time for like a Jonah Hill type? Yeah, not at first in 2007, but like a year after that, yeah. there was the Jonah Hill, Seth Rogen type. Because a lot of people also didn't know they were two different people. So <laughs> I would get like, hey, Seth. And then, but then also, I don't know if they were just saying that because that was his character name in Superbad. So 
Allison, you mentioned that you're obsessed with Jonah Hill. Is there yes. a reason and, and why? I So when Superbad came out, I think what was really interesting is both of the main actors were like so special and it was such a special movie and everyone loved both of them and they were both just very, very special and unique and they still are. But Jonah Hill also has this crazy range that has developed over time or or at least has always been there, but he's gotten the chance to really show it. And I think he's a genius. Like him in Wolf of Wall Street, I think he's a genius. And something my acting teacher really, really emphasizes is you know, the best actors play to win. It's always a sport. It's always a game where you are, the, the characters we fall in love with, the performances we fall in love with are people who play to win the entire time. And everything they say is an attempt to achieve kind of the overall arc of their character's goal, whether it's to be loved or to get my power back. And Jonah plays both of those where every single thing he says in the entire movie is a power move. I think he's incredible. I couldn't agree more. And if, and if Jonah Hill is listening, please understand never was trying to harm you. was never <laughs> trying to destroy you. I've always respected you. And now 13 years later, after your rise to fame, I, I agree. Did he get nominated for that? Does he have an Oscar? He, he doesn't one. have an Oscar, but he was nominated for Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, he's so I have a good. hard time not clapping after Allison's speech, just describing Jonah Hill's skills. He's so good and he's desperate. Like he wants power. He wants love desperately in his performance. He's so good. Josh, do you feel the same way about Jonah? Yeah, I think that that range is incredible. I mean, I didn't see anything on his resume quite to the level of farting dude. Uh, you know, I told you the second I saw, I saw super bad, incredibly drunk in the theater because I got loaded and I had free tickets to like a premiere afternoon thing. And it was just hysterical. I literally almost peed my pants. Like most of it was Coors light, but it, <laughs> you know, from that moment on, it's been great. Um, Josh, do you have any questions for Allison? Um, what was your your first meeting with Sims? How did you come to actually meet Sims? Like after hearing the legend of the guy that looked like Jonah Hill and where you're like, oh, they're right. It had to have been at a party because we had so many parties and they were so big. And our friend group is so bizarre because it's a mix of people I know from different states and different times in my life and people I've dated and people I haven't dated and people I'm related to and people I'm not related to. I haven't dated anyone I'm related to, but it's still a real mix. It's a real mix. And I get confused as to how I know anyone in that group anymore. Like how, how did we all meet? I don't even know, but it must've been a party. It must have been at, well, if you've, if you've been to a party at the Eagle Rock house, then that's, for sure where it was. 
I know Sims from yeah older parties than 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 that, but <laughs> no, I think that's a fair assessment. You know, you know Sims from a party because Sims is Sims, and that's where yeah. you meet Sims. That's where I that's where, where I do meet. most of my meetings at parties. Well, Allison, I want to wrap things up, but I have one final question for yes. you. I have lots of time. Do you have a doppelganger? And if so, have you ever met them? I don't think I do. I would like to. I used to get Kirsten Dunst. I sometimes get Maggie Gyllenhaal. Okay. There was one time in a mall when I was 17 and I got Heidi Klum. And that's the one I prefer to go with. That was one isolated incident that no one ever said ever again. And no one has supported me when I try to spread this theory that I look like Heidi Klum. Well, this has been so much fun, Allison. And I really appreciate you being our first guest on My Life as a Celebrity Lookalike. I'm thrilled. I can't wait to hear more. Oh, we we can't wait to record more. Right, Josh? Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Uh, I, I appreciate you coming through and, and hanging out with us for a little bit and telling your obsession with Jonah Hill to second-rate Jonah Hill. Yeah, and I, I actually have a question for you. Yes. Looking back, do you think looking like Jonah Hill was disadvantageous to your career, or do you think it was an opportunity that wasn't fully exploited, not in a negative way, but you know what I mean? Was it something that was a, was more detrimental or was it something that with a little bit of finesse could have actually been a huge asset looking back? I, I think it's the little bit of finesse could have been a huge asset because it's like what you said. If I had someone who could give me back those five years you know, or those four years where I was really looking like him, or if I knew what I know now, or even five years after moving to LA, Mm -hmm. I could have handled it so differently. Because I now, and we're going to talk about this on the podcast. I mean, Jonah reached out to me at one point. Uh, I met him at one point. We worked together at one point. And all three of those situations never went well. And we both were young. He was significantly famous. I was significantly not famous. But I think just the way I handled things wasn't the best. You know, because you think, you know, when you're 23 years old and you arrive in LA, at least for me, I thought I just knew everything. And I thought yeah. the only thing I needed to figure out was just where to live and where to work in LA. But everything else I knew. And I was a golden goose that came to the city of gods. Yeah. And that's not the case because everyone's just like you. It's amazing how little we knew. Yeah, it's and I'm crazy. sure in ten years we'll feel the same way about now. But like, I look at pictures of myself in like those first five years, and I was like, I I apologize that I thought I should be on camera. Like, I I only got my one eyebrow to be symmetrical literally five days ago. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, lighting people of the city. Like, I I've wasted your time. I should have stayed home and really taken a, a look at what I was serving for Yeah. And that's years. you're you're so right and it's like I know in the next couple of days or weeks I'm going to have to watch Destroying Jonah Hill before we talk <laughs> about it. And the one thing I hate about it is and at the time I'm sure I loved it there's so much swearing. 
Like there's just like an abundance of fucks and shits and cock and whatever else you want to say. Like, and it's so unnecessary. And, you know, I'm older now, of course, but I'm not, I'm not some prude dad like Josh, you know? Sure. <laughs> there's no prude in being a dad. I mean, <laughs> got to the dad part. Yeah. <laughs> no, but That's I mean, hilarious. it's like, you know, all jokes aside, I look at it and I'm like, what was I doing? Like this, I sent this to like Sundance. Like they, they had yeah. laughed at it and sent it yeah. back. Of course. I, I sent this to Apatow and his production company for, for what, for them to laugh, to get a laugh at me. But here's, what's funny about that kind of thing. Again, just about having some finesse. There was a manager who I sent these long letters to my first year in LA. Cause Foolishly, I just had it in my mind. Like, this is my manager. I'm going to write like letters, full single space letters of just like my feelings and my dreams. And, and, and of course she never responded. And then I went to an event where you could pay to speak with her and she was with her assistant. And, uh, she, I met her and she was like, Oh my God, you're the one who sent me all those letters. And her assistant kind of laughed. Like he, he knew like they, it, it, I perceived that moment. Like they were laughing at me. And for years I just felt mortified. I played like totally small, totally small. But then a few years later I ran into her at an event and I went right up to her and I was like, hi. And she was like, Allison, how are you? And I realized, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. She is the only person in LA who knows who I am. Like, was that so foolish to send those letters? If three years later, this is the only person who knows me. Like that wasn't so dumb. That naivete was not so dumb. It turns out. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of that not so dumb stuff on this podcast because there's so many things that we're going to talk about that I did that I look back and I'm like, was that wrong? No, that was actually right. Or why did I do that? And it's just crazy. And Josh knows some of them, but we're going to get into them more uh, in the next couple episodes. Well, Allison, thanks so much for being here. We really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun reminiscing with you, talking about Jonah Hill, your obsession, uh, our love for him. And uh, I know Josh has appreciated finally getting to speak to a real Hollywood actress that wasn't in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I, pre- I appreciate you coming on and telling us what it was like to move out for you uh, and actually get work in L.A. and continue to, to work in that. So I, I appreciate that. It can be done. And we're all a success because we're happy in our life. And we're Absolutely. still here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been My Life as a Celebrity Lookalike, our very first episode with our very first guest, Allison Trumbull. The next episode, we've got another guest. We continue the story a little further. So we've moved out to L.A. You've gotten a little bit of work. So now we start to get into a little bit more of Jonah Hill one on one a little bit. We do. We get to talk about me arriving in L.A., like you said, discovering who Jonah Hill is. And when I say that, I didn't discover him. I just was like, shit, there's a guy that looks like me and he's doing a lot of the similar things. And we'll talk with my good friend, Michael Roach, who I moved to L.A. with and uh, who used to live out here. And he'll tell you the real the real stories and if any of this is all bullshit or not. Uh, that's all we got for my life as a celebrity lookalike. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.